Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. We are in this series, Say What? And uh, this morning I'm going to be talking about watching our words. And um, it's this this uh, series is based on the scriptural the the foundation uh, scripture is Proverbs eighteen twenty one the tongue can bring death or life those who love to talk will reap the consequences and I know I just know that this has been a tough series for all of us and uh, you know I know it's impacting me and so when I'm up here giving the word and, and preaching these sermons they're for me as much as they are for you and. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's really important that we take the Word of God and we digest it and we apply it to our lives. That's why God has given us the owner's manual, the Bible. And I want to talk a little bit about our core scripture. It's uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 15. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and the pastor and teachers. These are the gifts that Christ gave. They are in operation today. These offices, these roles, these models are important. Let's read on. Their responsibility. Okay, so the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, they have a responsibility. And uh, it's a role that's very um, important, and it's a role that I take very seriously. Let's read on. Their responsibility, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, is to what? Equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And so my role is to lead and feed. My role is to equip you that you can fulfill the role and the, the uh, mission that God has for your life. Because God has a purpose and plan for all of our lives. And so the, the responsibility to, is to equip, prepare, train, and release for you to go and make disciples as well. Not only for us to ingest the Word of God and, and to apply it to our lives, but also that we would be able to share that with other people. And um, so the equipping opportunities come on Sunday mornings. You guys are here. You're watching online. You're here. This is part of the equipping process. And also, we will be starting uh, trimesters again in August for, I guess, at the middle to the end of August for life groups. I strongly, strongly encourage you to get involved in a life group. That's more of the equipping. That's where we're building these relationships. That's where we're talking about how can we apply the Word of God that we just heard on Sunday, or how can we apply the Word that we're getting tonight or this afternoon, where, whenever your life group is meeting, how, how can we apply that? But also that we're building relationships with one another because we need one another. We need to encourage one another. We need to strengthen one another. And we need to have those relationships. So equipping opportunities also come from us building our personal relationship with the Lord. You know our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And so we have a responsibility and we can grow as we spend time and we grow in, in our relationship with the Lord. As we spend uh, time in prayer. And I'm not asking anybody to spend an hour in prayer, but we can have those little popcorn prayers where, where we pray throughout the day, where we run into a little snag, or maybe we feel impressed to pray for a coworker or, or a neighbor, or, or maybe somebody we don't even know, 
at the stop uh, at the stoplight and we look over and there's somebody there and the, and the Lord may prompt us to pray for them those are powerful things that we can do to impact the world around us but also engage with him on a personal level spend time reading your Bible take time you know, honestly, I don't read the Bible every day. I want to, but sometimes things come up and I just don't make it to the Bible. But I do pray every day because that's something that you can do throughout the day, anytime. And so my responsibility is to train and equip you. I don't do all the ministry. You guys do the majority of the ministry. But last week, or the week before last, um, I had lunch with a gentleman and uh, he's having some significant struggles and challenges. And so I was there to, to encourage him and, and uh, talk with him. But I wasn't sitting across the table from him as a pastor. I was sitting across the table from him as a Christian, as somebody that loves him, somebody that cares about his life. And so we're all called to that. We're all called to full-time ministry, maybe not vocational ministry, but there are people in our lives that the Lord places in our lives that we can influence and we can impact and we can pray with and we can pray for and we can help them in their struggles. And so my responsibility is to train and equip you to go out and train and equip others that can go and train and equip others. You know, it's not an addition. It's a multiplication thing as we all go out and do what the Lord has called us to do. But we need to be trained and equipped. We need to be prepared to handle the situations and the things that are before us. And, and so your responsibility is, is to take this in. There are some things that you can do. I'll be talking about some practical things that we can do today. But you can take notes. You can uh, review the teachings. You can go back and listen to the podcasts or, or the archive videos throughout the week. You can use that as a weekly, daily devotional. You can go back and say, Let, let's look at the scriptures that we, we looked at last week or on Sunday. And we can use those as our personal study time or prayer time. Or many times what I find is the things that, that we've talked about either in life group or on Sunday morning, there's going to be an opportunity that week to share the very scriptures that we just talked about or learned. Because God has a way of working all these things out. And uh, so we can take the Word of God and we can implement it. We can listen and learn and implement and apply the Word of God, these truths and principles that we're getting on a weekly basis. Uh, we spend a lot of time and resources in preparing the slides and, and getting all those things ready for you. It's not because we don't have anything else to do, but the Tech Arts team and Noe, they work really hard to get all these things together and there's some resources that we have that, that are designed for your use. In fact, I'd like for everyone to take out your phone. Take out your cell phone. And uh, we have the YouVersion app. It's a Bible app. You want to show some of the slides? Go to this, uh, if you go to this YouVersion app right here, and you can find it. And if you need some help, if you want to do that now, raise your hand and we'll get somebody over here to help you. So you go to the YouVersion app. I don't know, is it, uh, I don't know if it's working or if you are able to call it up. But then you go to more, or you can go to events, right? Is it more? Press, okay. You press on more, and then you go to events, and then you should see Live Fellowship show up. 
and you can click on that. Mine is not coming up for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is yours working? Oh, uh, huh? It's what? <laughs> okay, well, you... <laughs> okay, so, and then, uh, then a map comes up, right? And then you can click on the map, and okay, when you go there, what you'll find is all the, all the scriptures that I'm using today, all the sermon points are there. You can take notes there, I think. Uh, you know, we have these tools to help us so that we can use these throughout the week. They're usually up uh, before Sunday morning, and then they're up all week long. And then uh, toward the end of the week, we set up the next week's sermon. So you have a lot of tools and resources there that you can use and also that you can uh, point other people to. So, again, use these tools and resources so let's, let's go back to Ephesians 4, 12. Their responsibility, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Who is the church? The church is made up of people, right? And so we're not talking about equipping a wall or a window. We're talking about equipping people so that they can do what God has called them to do and build up the church, build up each other. This will continue, okay? It, it, it doesn't just, it's not a, like turning on a light switch. This will continue until we all come into such unity in our faith. That we would all come into unity of our faith. And I talked about unity of, several weeks ago. Unity is not about the Unitarian church or any of that. It's about coming into oneness where we have the same heart and the same passion and the same desires to have the Lord resident in our life. And then that we begin to share that hope and love of Christ with other people. And so when you look at the church today, many times you see a fragmented church. So this will continue until we all come into unity of our faith. This will continue until we all come into such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son. So that would be Jesus. So the purpose is that we are trained and equipped, that we come into this relationship. That's why we talk about this personal, intimate relationship with the Lord so much because it is the primary thing that, that the church is called to do. It, the church is the, the mechanism, the process to bring us into this personal, intimate relationship with him and then be trained and equipped to go out and, and share this hope with others. You wouldn't give a, you know, a 10-year-old a 15-pound sword and expect them to do anything with that to, to defend themselves. They would probably cut their own leg off or something. And, and so we need to be trained and equipped as well. Um, and this word, uh, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our, in our faith and knowledge of God's Son. And this Greek word here for knowledge is to know experientially. To know on the basis of observation. Not just to know about someone, but to have a knowing, having a relationship with Jesus. Now, I know a few people that have had a personal encounter with Jesus. But most of us have not. So how can we know him if we can't physically see him or touch him? Well, it's through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. When, when I met my wife, we spent a lot of time on the phone 
even though she wasn't present, I was getting to know her. And when she would call or when she would pick up the phone, I knew her because we had spent time together. And so it's the same thing through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that we are able to have communion with Jesus and we are able to have this relationship with Him. Ephesians 4.13 This will continue until we all come to, to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will what? Be mature in the Lord. That's the target, that we not just know him, but we come into this intimate relationship with him and that we grow and mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So when, when we're, we're meeting on Sunday morning, when we're meeting throughout the week in life groups, the purpose is that we grow, not only have a relationship with the Lord, but that we grow and become more mature in him and in our, in our spiritual walk. We will not be influenced. Okay, wait, I, I missed Let me back up here. Ephesians 4, uh, 4.14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Because we will know the truth. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Because we have the truth resident within us. We know what the Word of God says. We spend time in prayer. We have the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. And so when someone comes and says something that sounds good, we're not tricked into believing something that isn't lining up with the Word of God. Well, God helps those who help themselves. Well, actually, no. If we could help ourselves, we wouldn't need Jesus. We need Him. We can't help ourselves. When we understand... Uh, where we are and, and with, without Christ, we realize that we can't do it without Him. And so there are things like that that we can buy into. We can buy into the lie thinking that we can fix ourselves. Oh, I did it my way. No, well, I've done it my way. <laughs> I've seen the results of that. So we come into this relationship so that He can download into us, so that He can train and equip us and prepare us we are living in some crazy times and 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 so we need to be strong in our walk with the lord we need to be strong and mature as believers instead we will speak the truth in love we cannot speak the truth if we don't know the truth we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like christ who is the head of his body, the church. And so, th this is about this relationship. This is about the maturity process that God is doing in our hearts and lives. If and when we yield to him, our words reflect our heart, which exposes our character. We want to have the character of Christ. Luke 6, 45 says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Let's look at this in the New King James Version. I, I, I like this version. This is what I originally uh, learned it in. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. 
So when we look at the words that are coming from our mouth, that's just representative of what's in our heart. Out of the abundance of our heart is our mouth speaking. So the problem is not our mouth, per se. The problem is our heart. Because what is coming out of our heart? Because what's coming out of our heart is coming out of our mouth. James 1.26 says, If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Ow! <laughs> that stings. Lord, help us. Lord, heal our heart so that the things that are coming from our heart out of our mouth are reflective of your character, of what you desire us to say, that they're, they're, that they're covered with grace and love. And not harshness. That we're speaking life and blessings. Not death and curses. So, this morning I'm, I'm going to talk about three other practical things that we can do that will help us. My first point this morning is stop. We're talking about our words now, right? We're talking about the things that we say. The power of uh, life and death is in the, in the things that we say and in our tongue. So James, I love James, James 1, 19 through 22. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen. You must all be quick to listen. So are we stopping and listening? And listening is more than just hearing the, the noise or the, or the words or the sound. Listening is taking in and really contemplating what's being said. Have you ever been in a situation where someone is talking to you and you are not really listening, you're already formulating your response? <laughs> Come on now, let's be honest. All right, we're family. I know we have all done that. I have done that for sure. Where I'm not really listening, but they're talking and I'm thinking, okay, this is what I'm going to say, blah, 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 blah. And, and so I'm not really listening, but we need to listen to, to let them finish and hear what they have to say. So if we would stop and just take this in before we speak. James 1.19 continues. You must be quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, I, th I think we, he could have said, you must be quick to listen, period. And we could have gone on from there. Right, But he says, no, let, you need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. So we need to stop and consider what we're going to say before we say it. Now, again, that, that would have been a good place to end right there. But there's more. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Now, why would he put that in there? Why wouldn't he put slow, uh, uh, quick to listen, slow to speak, and, and don't eat too much ice cream or something? You know, I, I don't know. Why did he put this in here about anger? Why didn't he put, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and contemplate what's being said or something like this? But he says, and be slow to get angry. Stop. Listen and consider. Remain calm. Keep your emotions in check. Because I think if we look at this backwards, we can, can see that 
sometimes we get angry because we've talked too much or we haven't been slow to speak because we didn't listen. So if you look at it backwards, you can say, well, this is where anger comes from sometimes because I, I didn't keep my mouth shut. And then I didn't keep my mouth shut because I really didn't hear what was being said. I really didn't listen because I really didn't care what they had to say because it's all about me, you know. And so I was formulating what I wanted to say. I was defensive of what was being said. And so, therefore, I said something and then next thing you know, something blows up. We're talking about our words here. If we would watch our words, if we would be careful what we say, we could avoid a lot of problems. We could avoid a lot of fights and stuff. I mean, you think of all the violence that goes on today. Many times that's propagated by somebody saying something. Where if they would just keep their mouth shut, they might still be alive. Or maybe they didn't go off emotionally and shoot somebody or do something crazy. Last week, I had a situation where... A person came up to me, and I had a hundred different things going on, and they're like, hey, you need to do this, this, and this, and this, and, and I'm like, well, you know, I'll, I'll see, and I was a little curt with them. I was a little sharp, and I went back to them the next day, and I said, listen, I'm sorry. I said, what you were telling me was important for you. Frankly, uh, it's at the, you know, kind of at the bottom of my priority list, but I understand it's important for you. And even though it's a high priority for you and a low priority for me, there was no reason for me to get sharp with you, and I apologize. And, and so if I would have just stopped and listened to what they were saying instead of getting my feathers ruffled and, and ready to bite back, you know, I would have handled things a little differently. So we need to stop and listen. We need healing in our, in our soul, in our emotions many times. Because when somebody can speak into our life, and we can know that they're speaking the truth, but we can be defensive when maybe we need to stop and take in what they're saying. Now, I'm not saying some fool comes up to you and starts telling you something. You have to receive that. But I'm saying that people that love us, people that are Christians, you know, and when they speak into our lives, maybe we need to stop and listen. Maybe they don't have the correct perspective, or maybe they don't have the full picture. But we should try to refrain from getting defensive and, and listen to what they say and then take some time to think about it. And then I'll get to my third point later here in a minute. But <clears throat> So James 1.20 says, Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So when we get angry... It's not producing the righteousness that God desires. What we're, what we're seeing sometimes is our own flesh rising up, right? Especially if someone says something that, that punches a button that's activated. You know, some of us have these buttons, and they're just waiting to get punched. Just, just, just get near that button, and it's going to go off. <laughs> we need to disconnect that button, cut the wires, and allow God to work through our hearts and lives. In James 1.21. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. And humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. What's our soul? Our mind, our will, our intellect, our passions, our emotions, our emotions, our emotions, our thought processes, our emotions. Did I say emotions? 
That's our soul. That's our soulish realm. And so we need to allow the Word of God to wash and fill us to overflowing so that it's filling our heart, not some of the stuff that's in our hearts that is purging out some of the things in our lives because it has the power to save our souls. That's what really needs to be saved is our, our thought processes and, and the way that we're thinking. We need to come into alignment with God's purpose and plan. That's why I talk about Romans 12 too so often. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So we come into alignment with his heart. And we begin to think in accordance with his purposes and his plan. Not all about me, but Lord, what are you saying? How do you want me to respond? Give me your perspective. I love James 1.22. But don't just listen to God's word. And then there is a little period there. Stop. Don't just listen to God's word. And many times we take in his word and, uh, you know, like we hear a sermon or something and we're like, oh, yeah, that was a good word. Or we're reading the Bible and, and that's it. But James is saying, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says, period. Another period there. Stop and think. Sila. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says, he continues, James continues, otherwise you're only fooling yourselves. If, if we're not taking in God's word and listening to God's word and then doing something with it, we're only fooling ourselves. We're really not growing and maturing if we don't allow God to do this process in our heart and life and change us. I think what, what James is really saying here is take in the word of God. Do what it says. In other words, Go out and live it. Live this thing out. Don't just talk about it. And if you don't know what live it means, what it really means is let's live what we say we believe. Let's live out what the Bible tells us to do and be committed followers of Christ. Let's live it or shut up because nobody wants to hear it anymore. They want to see some Christians that live this thing out on a practical basis. Nobody in here is perfect. But there should be some difference in our demonstration of our life and how we live our life than what it used to be when we were drinking and in the bars and, and doing all the stuff, crazy stuff that we used to do. There should be a change. But there's a process that God is doing in our hearts and lives if and when we will yield to him. And, and so, again, my, my role is to train and equip Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Their role is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the people. The people are the church. And we all have that availability and responsibility if we're willing to do that. But we have to be trained and equipped. There should be change in your life. You should... You should be going through this process like I am where I'm being stretched. <laughs> because God wants to do more through our lives, but we need to be prepared and ready and equipped for him to open up the doors so that we're ready to press forward and we can lead people into the presence of God that we can train and equip them because we have the truth. We don't only just see it, but we have it here in our heart. 
Proverbs 21, 23 says, Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. <laughs> you know, it'll probably be good for me to memorize more of these, I'm telling you. <laughs> Proverbs 10, 19. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. We talk about the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and then my favorite, self-control. <laughs> that's what I need more of. So it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's the, the Lord that's working in our life to help us have more self-control. I love sweets. I need better self-control. I talk too much. I need better self-control. I say things that I shouldn't say. I need more self-control. And that is an, uh, a fruit of the Spirit, the Lord working in our hearts and lives, helping us. <laughs> so my first point is to stop. Stop in the name of love. <laughs> stop. Please. My second point is think. Stop and think. You know, I, I think there are four different types of people. Uh, there are introverts, and, and maybe you're an introvert. Maybe uh, you know people that are introverts. I'm not one of those people, typically. Uh, but they, they think to talk. And so sometimes you'll be talking to an introvert, and they won't say a whole lot because they're thinking. And if you're an extrovert, you just keep right on talking. And they never get to say anything because they're thinking. And you just keep moving 100 miles an hour. So introverts think to talk, generally. Extroverts talk to think. That's why they're talking so much. Because they're thinking and it's just coming out of their mouth. And then there are some people that think after they talk. Oh, maybe they should have thought before they spoke. And then there are some people that just never think about what they say. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Before, after, in between, they're, they're ob oblivious. And, and so it, it helps us if we understand kind of how we're wired. Because an extrovert probably needs to take a little more time to allow somebody to respond. I remember I was on a, a team one time, and, and our, uh, our team leader was an extrovert. I mean, the guy just incessantly talk. And one of the engineers on the team was an introvert. And Elaine really didn't say very much because Paul was talking all the time. So in our meetings, I mean, occasionally she'd, there would be a window of 1.3 milliseconds where she could jump in and say something. But we did this exercise one time. And so the people that were doing the training said, Paul, now I want you to present something to Elaine and I, then be quiet and let her speak. So Paul presents something, and it wasn't like a second later, he begins to speak, and we all just busted out laughing because he couldn't do it. But the thing is, with Paul rattling on all the time, Elaine never had a chance to speak because she was processing what was being said. And if you don't give an introvert some time to process, then you'll just run over them. They'll never be able to, to get anything out because they're processing where an introvert is talking to think. So let's look at some more Proverbs here. I, I can see you're real excited about these Proverbs we're reading today. Proverbs 17, 27, and 28 says, A truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even-tempered. 
So I think, it, again, it goes back to being quick to listen. How many of us are, are quick to listen? Most of us aren't, or I'm not. I'm, I'm quick to talk, you know. <laughs> but uh, a wise person uses few words. And I think of a, a, a gentleman in our home church in Corpus Christi. Brother, he's an elder, Brother Henry Williams. And, and you'll be talking to him. You'll be, you know, just having a conversation. He'll be, yes. And then he won't say anything. But then he'll say something, and it's like, bam, it's like, you know, amazing. Because I th- he's stopping, and he's listening, and I think he's pondering what's really being said. And then, then I think he's asking the Lord, how do you want me to respond to this? Because our words are so vitally important. The power of life and death is in the tongue. And maybe you've been torn down by words. Maybe, maybe your, your dad or, or somebody said something to you decades ago that had just ripped your heart. And, and you may still be dealing with those consequences. Maybe you look at your lifestyle and you go back and you say, Wow, there was a change when somebody said this to me. And that's why it's so vitally important that we know the truth of God, what God says about us, that we're His masterpiece, that above all creation we are His prized possession. That's why it's important that we're equipped to build up the church. Who's the church again? It's us. We are the church. It's not this building or the lights or the cameras or any of these things. And so we can build one another up. What a great opportunity that we have to encourage one another. And strengthen one another. And we never know the full impact of building someone up. That they may really need some encouragement just to get over the hump. And then God is going to use them in miraculous ways to touch and change tens or thousands of lives. Hundreds of lives. Because of the words that we speak. And that we're bringing encouragement. That we're speaking. That we're stopping. And we're listening And then we're speaking forth the things that God wants us to deliver to them. Proverbs 17, 28. Even fools are thought to be wise when they keep silent. With their mouth shut, they seem intelligent. (laughs) You want to seem intelligent? Just keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Proverbs 18, 13. says, spouting off before listening to the fact is shameful and foolish. You ever finish someone's sentences? <laughs> you know, I, I can joke with her because she, she finishes my sentences sometimes. And I'll admit, I finish her sentences sometimes. But the problem is that sometimes I think I know what she's going to say, and she's like, well, that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> that's not where I was going. And if you would be quiet, and if you would be quick to listen, and slow to speak, we wouldn't have some of the conflicts that we have sometimes. So think about what and how to say what you're saying, because that's another problem I have is it's sometimes it's how I say it and I I don't mean to say it rough but uh, (laughs) you know really I I don't but 
But that's where this being quick to listen comes in and slow to speak. It's like, okay, well, wait. You know, this is what I want to say, but maybe I need to put a little sugar on it. Maybe I need to think about what I'm going to say instead of just, you know, blurting it out. Think about what I'm saying. So I'm preaching to me now. Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, So think about what you're going to say and think about how you can say it in a manner it's going to be received. And, you know, I think we all know this, but most of our communication is nonverbal, right? I love you. Well, it's a good thing because, you know, it doesn't really feel like it. And so how are we communicating? How are, what's, our, what's our posture when we're talking to someone? And I think a lot of times it, it comes from what's in our heart, again, because it's not just the words that we say, but it's the attitude it's, it's our emotions. Are, are we keeping our emotions in check? You guys are quiet today. All right. So we need to stop. We need to think. Think about it. Think about what's being said. And then my third point is pray. Because sometimes, well, I'm sure we all have potentially uh, difficult conversations that we have to have. And, and, and maybe we... Uh, have to confront someone or or have a conversation that's not easy. So are we taking time to pray? I I tend to be one of those kind of people that if there's a problem or there's an issue, let's handle it. Let's do it and get over. Get over with it. But you know, there are times when probably I need to just back off because emotionally I'm riled up. And so even though I want to accomplish it and move on, I probably need to stop. And sometimes my wife will say, you know, I think you ought to wait on that conversation. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thankful for that. Uh, and I probably need to uh, listen to that more. But, uh, but we all have these conversations sometimes that can be difficult. So are we taking time to pray? Or are we taking some time to ask for direction Say, Lord, how do you want me to handle this? Are we taking time to say, Lord, what is your perspective on this? Because I clearly see mine, and I can clearly see how they're wrong and I'm right. But, Lord, maybe I, maybe I need a different perspective here because of my emotions or because of, you know, uh, woundedness, brokenness in my life where, where I've got this big red button and somebody happened to get close to it and accidentally bump it and I go off on them. So we need to take time to pray as well and say, Lord, how do you want me to handle this? So we need to take time to pray. We need to stop and listen, pray, and obey. Because I know that sometimes the Lord will give us supernatural insight into a situation that's going on or perspective that we had never even considered. Do you know why that person is in your face and and a, a cactus person? And do you know? Because, you know, he may give us some revelation. Or if we take time to listen, they may share. I've shared stories with you before where, you know, somebody was really in my face and then come to find out they're having marital problems or having a lot of issues. I mean, Pretty much everybody could see that they had issues because they were like issues leaking out all over the place. But you know what? Sometimes we have issues leaking out all over the place too. And when you get 
their issues and our issues together, it creates a volcano that blows up. So that's why somebody, please, have some sense. <laughs> somebody stop and listen and pray and ask the Lord what his perspective is. God, show me. Show me me. Because I may not be seeing me for reality. I feel a rap coming on now. <laughs> so when we, when we look in the mirror, are we seeing what God sees? Are we seeing what other people see? And then when we look at others, are we looking at a person in the manner in which God sees them? That they are his prized possession. They're somebody that he loves. And maybe he put us in a situation so that we can be trained and equipped and mature enough to handle it. That our emotions are in check and that we can stop and listen and keep our mouth shut. And then God can use us in a powerful way to touch a broken person's life. James 3.2 says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. If we could control our tongue. Listen, our, our words speak. You know, and I thought about this this morning. I, I, you know, I've heard this. I don't know if it's true, but our words just continue to go around forever. I don't know if that's true. I guess we'll find out one day. But if that's true, think about the words that we're speaking. Think about the life and the blessing that we're speaking over one another and the impact that it can have. Not just right then, but maybe for a lifetime. Our silence can speak too. Sometimes we just need to keep silent. And uh, for if we could control our tongue, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in not just some ways, but every other way. Think about that scripture. That's really powerful. That our tongue has that much power over our lives. And this, uh, this Greek word for perfect is teleos, and it means complete, mature, fully developed. Let's look at the scripture. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongue, tongues, we would be perfect. We would be complete. We would be mature. We would be fully developed and could also control ourselves in every other way. So why are our words so important? Because they reflect the condition and the content of our heart. <laughs> Listen, I know these messages are tough. But we need, we need some tough messages. We need to grow. We need to mature. We need to change the way that we think about things sometimes. We need to definitely need to change the, some of the things that we say. But it's a heart issue. It's really a heart issue more than a mouth issue. So my three points this morning are stop, think, pray, and just ask the Lord to help us. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and the Lord is speaking to your heart. 
Maybe he's calling you back. Maybe you've walked away or maybe you've never had a relationship with him. If that's you, just catch my eye. Anybody here this morning? There's no shame in that. Or maybe you're watching online. I want to just ask you to pray this prayer. Just invite Jesus into your heart. Just, just say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. And, and I ask you to help me in the things that I say. I ask you to help me grow in my relationship with you. And I receive you today, your grace, your mercy, your unconditional love, and your forgiveness. And today is a new day for me, and I thank you for it. I want to pray one more prayer for you that prayed that prayer. Lord God, I pray for the sensitivity and the power of the Holy Spirit to wash over them. Wash over all of us, Lord God, that your sensitivity would increase in our lives. And that we would not only be quick to listen to you, but we would be slow to respond and and act and, and allow you to speak to our hearts. And then we would obey. Because delayed obedience is disobedience. But sometimes we need to just, just take a minute and just say, Lord, what are you saying to me today? And so, Father, I pray this prayer for all of us. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. We hope today's message encouraged you. For more information about our church, please visit our website, lifefellowship.me. We invite you to join us again next week for another life-changing, uplifting message. And remember to live it.